Welcome to the Search the Scriptures podcast, where we dive into scripture and provide the explanation of it in the most accurate light that we can. Search the Scriptures is a podcast that is dedicated primarily to the Christian, challenging our brothers and sisters along with ourselves to see if we have set aside the commands of God to set up our own traditions. To do this, we use scripture to explain scripture. Please join us on this journey. Okay, so Genesis chapter 36, <clears throat> excuse me. So um, this uh, this chapter is going to, it's basically a breakdown or it goes through the lineage of the Edomites, Esau's, um, Esau's lineage, not lineage, but his, his descendants. And so uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, though it does, it does call out to some, some names that come up a little bit later. But uh, I'm going to read just a little bit of it, and then I'm going to go into Scripture and see and see what Scripture says about these particular people. So we're going to jump right into it. Mary Brady's going to the next slide. So I'm just going to read Genesis chapter 36, verses 1 through 12, and it says, This is the account of the family line of Esau, that is, Edom. Esau took his wives from the women of Canaan, Adah, daughter of Elon the Hittite, and oh 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 my goodness Olabama, daughter of Ana and granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite, also Basemeth, daughter of Ishmael and sister of Nebioth. I'm sure I said that wrong. Ada bore Eliphaz to Esau. Basemeth bore Ruel, and Oholibama bore Jeush, Jeush, Jalam and Korah. Korah, I'm sorry. These were the sons of Esau who were born to him in Canaan. Esau took his wives and sons and daughters and all the members of his household, as well as his livestock and all his other animals and all the goods he had acquired in Canaan and moved to a land some distance from his brother Jacob. Their possessions were too great for them to remain together. The land where they were staying could not support them both because of their, because of their livestock. So Esau, that is Edom, settled in the hill of the hill country of Seir. This is the account of the family line of Esau, the father of the Edomites, in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife, Ada, and Reuel, the son of Esau's wife, Basemeth, the sons of Eliphaz, Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gatum, Gatum, and Canaz. Esau's son, Eliphaz, also had a concubine named Timnah, whom bore him Amalek. These were grandsons of Esau's wife, Ada. So then it goes on to talks about the rulers that come from him. And it just, like I said, it's, it's all talking about his family line. And I, I, I love that it dedicates this chapter to them. Uh, and remember, so Esau, you know, the brother of Jacob, and there, uh, this is, is, well, at least this chapter is, is is coming to us after uh, their father Isaac dies, and so it's given us this this breakdown of his of his family line, and I find it interesting what what the Bible actually says about them so far. So let's go into the very so. Well, I guess what I'm going to say is the whole 
chapter is dedicated to this. The whole entire chapter is dedicated to this. But it's important to remember Esau is the father of the Edomites. That's who these are, the Edomites. And so we're going to look into what scripture says about the Edomites. Remember, as a, a precursor, that God says, Jacob, he has loved, and Edom or Esau, he has hated. So let's find out what he says about this. And we're going to actually going to jump right into that. Let's go to the next slide, Mary Berry. So Romans chapter 9, verses 11 through 13 says, Although her sons had not been born yet or done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to election might stand, not from works, but from the one who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it is written, I have loved Jacob, but I have hated Esau. So we've uh, we we've we went over this verse and the next verse I'm about to do. Uh, but we're going to look at so Romans chapter nine, verse 11 through 13 is, is, is it opens us up to something that a lot of people struggle with at this point, which is the, the election. The election is basically means that a guy has already chosen. He's already elected. He's already chosen whom he's going to save and whom's not going to be saved. And so this has already happened. And so Romans, uh, uh, Paul lets us know that this 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 has already taken place before these people did anything good or bad he's already made this decision it had nothing to do from what they actually done or from works but from the one who calls so it comes directly from god so any questions or comments on this so far let's go to that next one mary berry so it says in malachi chapter 1 verses 2 through 4 says, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Wasn't Esau Jacob's brother? This is the Lord's declaration. Even so, I loved Jacob, but I hated Esau. I turned his mount mountains into a wasteland and gave his inheritance to the desert jackals. Though Edom says, we have been devastated, but we will rebuild the ruins. The Lord of hosts says this, they may build, but I will demolish. They will be called a wicked country and the people the Lord has cursed forever. This is what the Lord is saying about the people of Edom or Esau's people. Questions or comments on this so far before we dive into this? All right, let's go to the next verse. So Psalms chapter 137 Verse 7 says, Remember, Lord, what the Edomites said that day at Jerusalem. Destroy it. Destroy it down to its foundations. So this gives us a glimpse of some of the things that the Edomites were doing towards the Jewish people, towards the Israelites. Uh, they championed against them. And so he says it here. It says uh, The writer's telling us here, it says, Remember, Remember what they were saying on that day, whenever uh, it, we'll see about that day here in a little bit. They're just talking about where it says that they were champion. They were saying, destroy it, Des destroy Jerusalem. Questions or comments on this so far? All right. Mary Beth, let's go to the next one. So Obadiah chapter one, verses 10 through 14 tells us, you will be covered with shame and destroyed forever because of violence done to your brother Jacob. 
on the day you stood aloof, on the day strangers captured his wealth, while foreigners entered his gate and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were just like one of them. Do not gloat over your brother in the day of his calamity. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction. Do not boastfully mock in the day of distress. Do not enter the gates of my people in the day of their distress. Yes, you do not gloat over their misery in the day of their disaster and do not appropriate their possessions in the day of their disaster. Do not stand at the crossroads to cut off their fugitives and do not hand over their survivors in the day in the day of distress. So it's interesting. We talked about this before that the Jews would continuously have these trials and these these things happen to them because of their rebellion against God. So they rebel against God and then God would deliver them over uh, to their enemies. And when he did this, he was still watching how their enemies and every other nation was treating them. And he would say about, uh, let me let somebody in. He would say this about Edom, that uh, this is what you were doing. You were, you were basically happy whenever these things were happening to these people, that to the Jewish people, that God was actually doing to them. And you were excited about it. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, next verse, Mary Berry. So Amos chapter one, verses, verse 11 says, the Lord says, I will not relent from punishing Edom for three crimes, even four, because he pursued his brother with the sword. He stifled his compassion. His anger tore at them continually, and he harbored his rage incessantly. The Lord is giving us these reasons of, of, of why he feels and what he's doing to Edom. And this is, this is he says, four he's given right here. Uh, one of them, he says, he's pursued his brother Jacob with the sword. And he says he stifled his compassion. He wouldn't have pity on him. And, uh, and he was always angry with him. He wouldn't give up his anger at, uh, at Jacob. And so uh, we're told this, and he says that, he is not going to turn back from punishing Edom. He's not gonna. He's not gonna relent from this. Questions or uh, comment. Questions or comments on this so far. Again, we're talking about the fate of the people of Edom or Esau in his lineage. What happens to them? Let's go to the next. The next slide, Mayberry. So Ezekiel chapter 35 verses 5 through 13 says, because you maintained an ancient hatred and handed over the Israelites to the power of the sword in the time of their disaster, the time of final punishment. Therefore, as I live, this is the declaration of the Lord God. I will de destine you for bloodshed and it will pursue you. Since you did not hate bloodshed, it will pursue you. I will make Mount Seir a desolate waste and will cut off from it those who come and go. I will fill its mountains with the slain. Those slain by the sword will fall on your hills. Somebody in here will fall on your hills, in your valleys, and in all your ra uh, ravings. Ravines, I'm sorry. I will make you a perpetual desolation. Your cities will not be inhabited. Then you will know that I am Yahweh because you said, these two nations and two lands will be mine and we will possess them, though the Lord was there. Therefore, as I live, 
the declaration of the Lord God. I will treat you according to the anger and jealousy you showed in your hatred of them. I will make myself known among them when I judge you. Then you will know that I, Yahweh, have heard all the blasphemies you uttered against the mountains of Israel, saying, they are desolate. They have been given to us to devour. You boasted against me with your mouth and spoke many words against me. I heard it myself. So Ezekiel, I mean, it's just the Lord really laying out the case against Edom. And uh, and it just gets it just gets pretty serious. He goes on, just like we said in that previous verse, he says that they have here. It says you maintain an ancient hatred like you have not gotten over. Like you are still upset about this. You're still mad. You hate your brother. And you've been like this. This has been since the, since the beginning. You've hated him, uh, Jacob. And so uh, and so whenever things would happen. Uh, they would this disaster would befall uh, uh, the Jews, the Israelite people, uh, they would help. And it says because they did not hate bloodshed. Now it's going to pursue you. So like as as of I guess like a couple, like, you know, if a person loves uh, another person and that person pursues them, that's said, that's a bloodshed that's going to happen because you didn't, because you didn't hate it. So now it's going to pursue you. And then he said, he goes on to say that they, uh, they, they utter blasphemies against the mountains of Israel. And he said, you boasted against me, the Lord, and spoke many words against me. He said he heard it himself. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, continuing on, Mary Bay. So Ezekiel, again, chapter 25, verses 12 through 14, tells us, this is what the Lord God says, because Edom acted vengefully against the house of Judah and incurred grievous guilt by taking revenge on them. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. I will stretch out my hand against Edom and cut off both man and animal from it. I will make it a wasteland. They will fall by the sword from Teman to Dedan. These are the names that were in that first that, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 36. I will take my vengeance on Edom through my people Israel, and they will deal with Edom according to my anger and wrath. So they will know my vengeance. This is the declaration of the Lord God. So here we have. The Lord, again, speaking about what Edom has been up to. It says they've acted vengefully against uh, the house of Judah uh, and was taking revenge on Judah. So it's not necessarily saying that Judah is just straight up innocent. They're taking revenge against Judah is what he's saying, against the Jewish people, against the, the, uh, the Israelites. And uh, the Lord is upset with it, the way that he, they're going about doing it. So he says he's going to make them into a wasteland. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, we're almost done. Next one, Mary Berry. So Isaiah chapter 63, verses 1 through 6 says, Who is this coming from Edom in crimson stained garments from Basra? This one who is splendid in his apparel, rising up proudly in his great might. It is I proclaiming vindication powerful to save why are your clothes red and your garments like one who treads a winepress 
I trampled the winepress alone, and no one from the nations was with me. I trampled them in my anger and ground them underfoot in my fury. Their blood spattered my garments, and all my clothes were stained. For I planned the day of vengeance, and the year of my redemption came. I looked, but there was no one to help. And I was amazed that no one assisted me. So my arm accomplished victory for me and my wrath assisted me. I crushed nations in my anger. I made them drunk with my wrath and poured out their blood on the ground. So he went over this before uh, through some study. We said that this is actually Jesus. This is Jesus in the Old Testament talking about something's going to happen in the future, which plays out in Revelation, actually. And so it's interesting that He's already has blood stained, blood stained clothes, clothing, apparel. And the person is asking, who is this coming from Edom? So whatever he was doing in Edom was dangerous. He, so it, it's so much so to where blood is all over him. And they're saying he has blood is blood stained. Like what is going on? Why are you, why is your, your clothing like this? And he goes on to say that this is what he did. He, he trampled. He, he, he stumped these people out. Questions or comments on this so far? All right, Mary, let's get to the last one. Okay, so this is Isaiah chapter 34, verses 5 through 11. And it says, when my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens, it will then come down on Edom and on the people I have set apart for destruction. The Lord's sword is covered with blood. It drips with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Bozrah, a great slaughter in the land of Edom. The wild oxen will be struck down with them and young bulls with the mighty bulls. Their land will be soaked with blood and their soil will be saturated with fat. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a time of paying back Edom for its hostility against Zion. Edom's strings will be turned into pitch, her soil into sulfur, her land will become burning pitch. It will never go out, day or night. Its smoke will go up forever. It will be desolate from generation to generation. No one will pass through it forever and ever. The desert owl and the screech owl will possess it. And the great owl and the raven will dwell there. The Lord will stretch out a measuring line and a plumb line over her for her destruction and chaos. So to end this, the Lord is saying that uh, Edom is set aside for destruction. There are people cursed forever. This is going to happen to them and they will be slaughtered by the Lord himself because of their hostility against the jewish people and so when we go through as we read uh at least partially uh chapter 36 of genesis and it gives it gives us that that uh that line that family line of edom it's just so strange to to read this and know that these people are cursed people according to what this word is telling us but this is their fate questions or comments on this what you got for us, Doobie? It's Veronica. Hello. My phone just oh, sorry, uh, died Veronica. out. But um, I was going to ask, are we still adding to the people of Edom? I mean, to those people? 
You mean, is their population growing? Is that what you're saying? Yes. You know, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like, I, I, without me doing a deep dive on if there's if they still exist, they have to because it says that this stuff's going to happen in the end. So they still exist uh, because all this stuff that we were reading about is actually the last, the last day. Uh, so they still exist. As to who they are, I don't know. If I was to point, uh, just, just, just my, uh, like I say, with a grain of salt, just my opinion, it's, uh, it's going to be. If it were the if it were if it were easy to spot them today, it would be the people who are absolutely against Israel, and and we have a few we have a few different countries that we can ring out that they are absolutely against Israel. Like they they want Israel to just not exist anymore, and uh, that's who I would that's my personal belief that I'm leaning towards. This is who these people are. But uh, but yeah, that lineage is 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 gone. I do believe they're still growing. They're still around. I mean, they have to be for it for this to happen at the end.